Welcome, friends, to Happy to Fail, Season 2, Episode 7. This is the podcast where we connect, engage, heal, empower, and say all of these beautiful words because sometimes, hey, that's all we need. We can wake up in the morning, look at our phone, and just see this uh, checklist of 20 things we got to do. And then for every positive news uh, story that we read, there's like 25 negative ones. And even before you get out of bed, you're like, man, can I just like take a small nap? And even just saying this right now, I think that sounds pretty good, right? But I'm happy because you know what, my friends, it is recovery month. And recovery month happens on September of each year, celebrating the recovery of individuals suffering from mental illness, trauma, substance use challenges. And it's this nice opportunity to be able to just get out to the world and talk about this. And this year's theme is celebrating connections for people in recovery and their communities as a whole. And I like to think that we're doing that in this podcast with uh, new episodes almost every single Monday with yours truly, Juan Velas. I am from Puerto Rico, and I'm so thankful that today I can celebrate my recovery when maybe a couple of years ago, I can celebrate anything. And maybe I had things to celebrate. Maybe I got a job, I achieved something. But when you don't believe in yourself, it can be very challenging, very scary to do that because when you get accustomed to negative mindsets, negative thinking, it can almost seem like a, a horrifying thing to think about the positive side of things happening in our lives. I want to take a quick second and talk about the previous episode that I had here with Anaconda where we talked about uh, connecting with a therapist because we understood just how scary it can be and it still is to, to finally recognize that, hey, I want to seek some kind of therapy, uh, treatment, whatever you want to call it, but to actually sit down in that chair and have that real conversation about our emotions when sometimes that can be the very first time that we've had that, right? It's like, oh my goodness, what am I going to talk about? How are they going to react? And the fact that Anna and I, with her experience as a therapist and in my experience uh, providing peer support services and also receiving therapy, I thought it was an amazing conversation about not just connecting with my therapist, but also how does a therapist connect with us when sometimes that chemistry, if it's not there, it can be very challenging. And I think we've all had those experiences, whether it be with a therapist, whether it be with a boss or somebody that you try, you try so hard, right? It's like, I want this relationship, whether it be personal, intimate, professional, you want it to work, but something's not clicking. I think that's not just one of my favorite episodes of the season. I think it's one of my favorite episodes throughout the history of Happy to Fail because if my goal with this podcast is to have people not be afraid to seek therapy, to seek support in any kind of way, right? It's not about telling you, hey, you got to go seek therapy with this person. It's about whatever can help you just go out there and do it. But that lingering fear of actually, you know, grabbing the phone or driving or doing that and then eventually actually connecting with somebody can be so scary. So hopefully that episode was of help. And I do want to thank a couple of people that reached out, obviously anonymously, but just thank you. Thank you so much because this is not about Anna and I sounding smart or just sharing our stories. It truly is about motivating each other because we understand how lonely that life can be when you have all these problems and you just don't know who to talk to. And I also want to take a quick second to apologize because last week there was not a brand new episode of Happy to Fail. I've tried to be as responsible as I can with providing a new episode every single Monday, but I've come to realize that right now where I'm at because this is a self-produced podcast, right? So I hit record, I edit, 
I try to do the social media. I've come to terms in realizing that right now it can be very challenging. So there is that possibility that instead of a brand new episode every single Monday, it may become bi-weekly at least until we reached these uh, 15 episodes. There's a lot of great things happening right now. As a matter of fact, and this is usually something you save for like season end or something, but I really just want to connect and I feel like this is worth talking about right now. Ana and I and other people, we've talked about having Spanish language episodes because not everybody's bilingual, right? A time will come where those episodes do come out. They won't be part of this feed because obviously you subscribe here for an English language version of the podcast. So that's not going to go away. I'm still unsure what's going to be happening once we have the uh, 15 episodes. And as a matter of fact, the last two episodes of this season is almost going to be like a look back, uh, figuring out like where we are, where do we want to go. And we want to have this conversation with all of you. So don't be afraid to reach out to Juan at happytofell.com, happy to fell on Facebook. And while you're at it, if the podcast has been of benefit to you, consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Facebook. That really does help out. So now, getting to the topic of Recovery Month. Just what is recovery? Because you may sometimes hear and see somebody say, I'm a person with lived experience. I'm in person in short-term, long-term recovery. You may hear these things, and maybe you yourself, uh, you're a person in long-term recovery. I consider myself a person in long-term recovery, right? Because when getting to the definition, it's that road that allows us to achieve that maximum potential that we want to achieve. Not that somebody tells me what I need to do. It is my personal path, my personal experience to achieve my goals and to achieve that maximum potential. Now, how we go about reaching that is entirely up to every single person because for one person, it can involve yoga, meditation, healthy nutrition, and making a lot of adjustments and changes in their lives. For somebody else, it can be a therapy, it can be a psychiatric treatment at the same time. And this is a judgment-free zone, so it's not about telling you or anybody else which is the correct path, right? Because for me, I've been through multiple paths of recovery, but all of that turned me into who I am. And as far as what people can recover from, people can recover from so many different things. We could just talk about this for two hours, right? But uh, the, the general sense is mental illness, so mental health challenges like uh, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, OCD, depression, generalized anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder. Another thing can be trauma because maybe you're recovering from a very unhealthy relationship. Maybe you're somebody that suffered through domestic violence, and maybe you didn't even recognize that until a decade after, because I think we've all known somebody that, that disappeared for a while in our lives, and we didn't exactly know why, but maybe that person many years later, through the power of education, understanding what they went through, all of a sudden they have a panic attack. They, they almost go into a crisis mode because they finally recognize that everything that happened in their childhood, in their adolescence, is the reason they behave the way they do now. Just recognizing and going like, wow, think of how different my life would be now if I was able to identify this earlier. And I, I know that just by saying this, all of us can identify with this in some way, shape, or form. Something else that people can, can recover from is substance use challenges. And people usually talk about the illegal drugs, right? The, the addicts and all of these very stigmatizing uh, words. But how many people self-medicate in their homes? and they die from uh, overdoses. And when you go deep into their stories and you explore, 
you identify that the reason they fell on substance use is because they went through so much trauma. Maybe they were bullied as children, and the only way that they were able to cope with this is to hang out with the cool kids. And the cool kids maybe weren't using the best of substances, and they fell down that deep, dark path. And that's just like one example, right? And we could talk about that for a very long time. Already thinking about the third season, I think that's one of the angles that I would love to have, which is bringing in uh, people's incredibly healing stories and the challenges that they've overcome and include people that have overcome substance use challenges. Because when you hear these stories, like the ones that I have, you, you sometimes don't even realize the challenges that people go through. To me, recovery means finding a better future, recognizing that I'm good now, in a time that I used to not be so great a couple of years ago. Every single thing, every traumatizing experience, every time that somebody called me fat, out of shape, stupid, short, irrelevant, and all of these words that I don't even want to bring into this podcast, I took all of that. I put it in a blender. I put in some heavy cream, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of sugar, and I turned it into the most delicious shake ever. And I drink that proudly because... I could have just thrown that to the trash, right? I could have said, well, that's my past. I'm not who I once was. I believe in myself now. But when I embrace that, people, that is the most powerful tool that I can have. And I know that many people can have because when you embrace your weaknesses and you make them into your strengths, you almost feel it's like, hey, bring it on. Whatever you got coming, I don't know what it is, but bring it on because it is part of my recovery. It is part of my life. Recovery to me also means never taking anything for granted. I talked about though the whole concept of uh, me loving donuts and all of those things in a previous episode. It's hard to explain and I'm gonna try my best, right? But I rarely celebrate these very big milestones in my life. I'm thankful that I, that I have my home. But you know the biggest satisfaction I have is almost every Sunday at night around uh, 9 p.m. or something, I like to go into my kitchen and do a lot of meal prep. And it's like uh, prepare a lot of pancakes for the week. I freeze them. And sometimes I'll just like stand there in the kitchen and be like, who thought this would happen? Who thought that you would care so much about yourself? You're empowering yourself. You're, you're standing here in the kitchen and you're preparing things so you can continue taking care of yourself so you can be a better, a better husband, a better son. And those little moments where I'm not talking with anybody, I'm not engaging on social media, I'm not talking about this with my wife, I'm talking about this with myself, and I'm able to validate and congratulate myself, that to me is recovery. It's recognizing that I worked hard to get to where I am today. I recognize that I still suffer from mental illness. These past few months, just like so many people, I mean, you look at the data, right? Suicide rates are going up, depression rates, a job loss, all of this. So nobody listening to this episode should be surprised that people are not emotionally well, and that's fine. The challenge is, how do we get out of that? What do we do in our homes? What do we do with our loved ones? What limits do we set so we don't continuously expose ourselves to the things that cause us harm? Recovery to me means that I can even have these conversations with myself where before it's just like, hey, I'll take whatever comes on with my life because who cares, right? I'm the mental patient. I'm the crazy person. Ooh, that's what people thought about me and I believed it. I believe that I am the best person I can possibly meet in my life. I am the best friend that I needed in my life. Nobody hangs out with me better than myself. Nobody knows me better than myself. And all of you listening out there that are maybe in recovery, you don't even know if you're in recovery or not, but you have something in your life. Let's forget about all of this fancy terminology for a second and just say, you know what? 
You are the biggest badass that you know. It's all about believing in yourself. It's recognizing that what is happening right now is only making you that much stronger for a better future. And don't let anybody kill that passion for the things that you love. Think about that that aspiration, that goal that you've wanted to achieve in your life. But somebody told you, hey, you're not, you're not going to achieve that because you're fat, you're out of shape, you're broke. Use all of that and have that hunger be the thing that motivates you for a better future. And I'm not saying this because it sounds pretty. I'm saying this because this is what I tell myself anytime I doubt myself. Because do I doubt myself? People, like I've said, we're humans. Of course I do. Believe me when I say that I question almost every single thing that I do. And sometimes I'll even recognize that I don't want to say that I feel like I'm cured, but I'm afraid to acknowledge and remember that I suffer from mental illness. In this case, from obsessive compulsive disorder. And um, this is something that I haven't talked about with anybody in the past few months. And I'm, I'm just like talking about it here. And with my obsessive compulsive disorder, I doubt so many things. I doubt almost anything from what people do to how I speak to uh, just everything, right? So even when I record this uh, this uh, podcast episode, it may be very difficult for somebody that doesn't suffer from OCD like I do. Even when you're talking, you're questioning this the next second word you're going to say. And this is why for many years, I developed a really big stuttering problem. And it still happens. And I've talked about this before. And during the pandemic, it's actually become very difficult to to just like hit record and talk and do uh, little things that before I didn't even question. Before I was like, man, I'm fine. I'm a badass now. Like I overcame all this. But because so many things have changed, you know, I'm hungry for more. I want to achieve more things in my life. And honestly, I don't know what. It's like, I know a lot of what I want to do, but I don't know how. And it's starting to affect me. And because it's starting to affect me, that's when the OCD comes in and says like, hey, Juan, maybe you never knew what you wanted to do. And now you're just like coming to terms with that. And just battling that intrusive thought, that negative thought that for every positive thing, you get a negative thought, it gets exhausting people. When Nicole and I first developed a relationship, I told her, I've told this to my mom and a couple of people, the worst part of of suffering from, uh, from my mental illness, right? Because I can't talk about other people's lives is that the better the day, the worse the intrusive thoughts can become. And I've uh, you know mentioned this before, but I think that because I'm going through this now, I want to talk about this, right? Where I can have this incredible day, then the night comes, and then you start questioning every single thing. And this is normal for most human beings, okay? The problem with somebody that suffers from obsessive compulsive disorder is that where let, let's call it a traditional human being could just brush that right off. The OCD just strikes. The thoughts that for a traditional human being would maybe last 10 minutes, you're thinking about this for two months, three months, 24-7. You go to bed and you wake up thinking about this. You're taking a shower thinking about this. You're taking a dump think, uh, thinking about this. And I'm not even exaggerating. So staying motivated while that's happening, while you're expected to work, while you're expected to be in a relationship, while you're expected to watch a movie, to just disconnect, even just saying this right now, it's like, why? You know why? Because I've earned it. Because I've overcome things before in my past. And that right there is what recovery means to me. Recovery means to me that is the path done? Hell no. Because for every challenge that comes ahead, I need to realize that there's not an expiration date for my mental health challenge. That means I need to take care of myself just that much more. So when the negative thoughts strike, 
I'm there raiding with my sword, with my shield, with my machine gun, with my grenade, and most of all, with a smile. Instead of uh, pretending that's not going to happen, I am perfectly ready for it. And if it happens, great. And if it doesn't, then also great, because it's difficult to understand when you need to practice wellness the most. And that's why I practice mindfulness, thinking about how do I feel today? These are the things that I ask myself every single day. And uh, I actually want to bring up something that somebody on my personal social media, you can all follow me at Juan Velas Court on Twitter. Uh, before, I was a lot more active with the Happy to Fail uh, fees, but like I mentioned, it's sometimes just very challenging. So a lot of the social media stuff that I'm doing is on my personal Instagram and Twitter, which are both Juan Velas Court. And Sam G, you know, I sent out this question of just like, is there anything that somebody would like me to talk about now? And uh, Sam G here wrote on Twitter, and, and this is a quote that he wrote, right? Kind of like referring like this is a phrase. He mentioned, I look at social media and everyone else seems to be doing okay. So there must be something wrong with me and how I'm feeling. And I'm just going to let that marinate for everybody listening right now. And I'm going to read it again. I look at social media and everyone else seems to be doing okay. So there must be something wrong with me and how I'm feeling. I'm just going to ask you right now. Can you relate? Because I sure can. I'm recording this episode after watching the Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma. If you haven't, make sure to give it a watch. And uh, there's a lot of data, a lot of research, so you don't just have to check out that. But I've talked about the benefits of social media. I've talked about the fact that most of my friends I've met through social media, including my wife. I'll be honest, in 2020, I think the thing that is most destroying us is social media. And I'm talking about this from a personal experience because remember that social media is the trailer for everybody's movie. When you watch a trailer, you watch the very best scenes. So I get to choose what I share with you. I can be crying, but then I clean myself up, take a nice picture, post it online. And I look like I'm at the life of the party, right? But then right afterwards, I'm just crying offline. And I get to very strategically share and write what I want to write because Sometimes, and I've seen this happen a lot online, I write how I want to feel more than how I actually feel. And think about that. A lot of people write not how they feel, but it's almost like the saying of fake it till you make it, right? And don't get me wrong, that's helped out with me a lot of times, like especially struggling with depression. Even in my worst days, I'm like, I feel fine. I feel fine. And I started to behave like I was fine. And hey, guess what? It actually helped. But with social media, we're talking about election year. We're talking about algorithms. The fact that it is so exhausting because we have our friends who may have a positive mindset or not, but then we have news articles, things that we don't necessarily agree with. And then we have somebody that just in that moment where I'm, where I'm second guessing myself, I, I'm hating who I am. I see somebody else having a great day and I can't tolerate that because Somebody can think to themselves, how is that person having a badass, awesome day, and I'm here feeling miserable? And I guarantee somebody listening to this episode right now, including myself, can relate to that. And I think that's why I personally just found myself barely using social media, unless it's for like, uh, hey, I'm watching Cobra Kai, which people, like this is completely unrelated to mental health, but it's helping me. If you watch Karate Kid... Uh, check out Cobra Kai on Netflix. It is amazing. I've checked out that first season. This is not the forum to talk about it, but man, I needed that. I needed to reconnect with something that brought me back to movies that I watched growing up. 
And uh, I'm somehow going to try and bring this back to the topic of social media, which is that we can't always depend on somebody else controlling us. You know, sometimes uh, uh, the, these apps have parental controls. So if a minor is using Twitter, for example, or Facebook, you can set controls over how long you're there or not. Remember that these uh, social media applications are carefully curated, designed, and developed to keep you going there to keep you looking because they know us more than we know ourselves. Like this past weekend, my wife and I went to a bakery that showed up because of a sponsored ad on Facebook and we went there and I was like, man, Facebook knows exactly what I want before I even want it. That can also be a, a detriment. So the, th the, the reason that I wanted to mention this and, and why I'm thankful that Sam G brought it up is that in recovery month, I think we need to hold ourselves accountable more than ever before. And that was one of the first topics I talked about in this season. We are so connected yet we feel more disconnected than ever before. I can't be the only person that I see a friend, you know, for example, like sharing, you know, who they want to vote for, whether it be in the presidential election or the Puerto Rico elections. But then you check out their replies and it's just people attacking them and attacking them. And look, I'm not here to tell anybody who to vote for what in anything. Even if you're like Burger King versus McDonald's, I'm not going to be the person to tell you. But I'm going to be the person that says, if we keep this up, we are going to hate everybody, people. And that's why I've had to take a break from social media. And that's why usually my social experience now with social media involves me posting this picture of Cobra Kai. And if somebody responds to me, fine. But I can't browse. I can't. I've had days where I felt great. And then I begin to browse and check out these news stories of accounts that I don't even follow, but because they love to, to suggest this. Oh, Juan, you checked out this. I, I think you may like that. It kills me on the inside. And I hate the fact that I, I owe my life, people. I owe my life literally. I am not exaggerating. Were it not for Yahoo Chat, MSN, AIM, ICQ, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, were it not for all of these, I would not have the friends that I have today. 100% of the people that I talk, talk, I talk to today still, I met through these different applications. The, the difference is before I stumbled upon these people out of pure interest. Now we live in the, in the uh, algorithm era where it's no longer about Juan finding something. It's about a computer telling me what I should like. And here's the thing. When you have a, a low self-esteem, and I talk about this from experience, when you have a low self-esteem, it can be very easy to become manipulated by a system and to begin to act out on things that you don't even actually care about. But because it's what they suggest, you keep going and going and you find yourself in this circle of unhappiness. And that's why, once again, recovery to me means I need to hold myself accountable. I need to know when to draw the line, when to take a break, because the same way that I say we take healthy challenges, the same way that I sit here on this podcast saying, hey, it's awesome to mess up. It's awesome to make mistakes because we learn from those mistakes. Learning from those mistakes for me also means recognizing that I don't have to continuously expose myself to things that cause me harm. And harm for you, for me, can be social media. It can be a person at work. It can be a certain color in our home. It can be a smell that reminds us of a negative experience. And um, that's, that's, that's it, actually. I, th I think that's kind of where I, I, I had my thought get to that point. And I'm hoping this made sense to people. Talking about mental health, talking about recovery, 
talking about the things we don't agree with is so frightening, people, because you don't know. And this is not just about social media. This is about the power of accessibility and technology. You don't know when you wake up in the morning how many emails you're going to get or responses about that or private messages attacking you. And that is just so, so frightening. I want to I wanna just close this off by sharing an experience regarding social media. And thank you once again to Sam G. I remember one day I was just like tweeting a random thing. Like I was a little exhausted and somebody was just out there invalidating how was how I was feeling. And I'm like, man, I can't even share how I feel on my own social media because I think people in a time where we are expected to use social media, I think I'm beginning to see a lot of people utilize things like Twitter as I'm tweeting something. So you either say you agree or disagree. And life doesn't have to be a damn exam, people. Life does not have to be a constant test. Like, I remember when Twitter used to be a time where we could just engage with the people that watched the same movies, had the same interests. It's social media. It is in the name. It is in the name, people. (laughs) Yeah, think about the way that we use social media now. I think there's a direct correlation with Recovery Month. Like, The theme of this year is celebrating connections in the time of staying from home, working from home, social distancing, physical distancing, pandemic, COVID-19, all of this. Social media is the most powerful tool that we can use to stay healthy because it doesn't matter where you are. We can connect emotionally, yet I feel like today we are just disconnecting each other because of social media. It's no longer a a social media. It is a platform to be judged based on what you like and what you don't. And I'm hoping that all of us as a community, if this year's recovery, uh, recovery month is about celebrating connections, I hope that we can all just like Look at our social media accounts because I have no control over what other people tweet or post on Facebook, but we can look at ourselves and be like, out of everything that I post, am I causing good? Am I causing harm? Like, what do I hope to get out of what I'm sharing? And I would like to uh, conclude this episode by by uh, talking about this. I want to give a message once again to everybody out there that is in recovery and just say thank you because I think that in the positive side of social media, I have a lot of just incredible leaders people from organizations, programs, whatever, just like leaders in the community that I look at their stories. I look at them having families, buying awesome homes, traveling around the world before the pandemic and recognizing that they themselves also did not believe that they could achieve this. Keep posting awesome stuff. Keep posting every single celebration because something that I'm seeing a lot is that sometimes when you post something, Other people can feel like you're posting it to say like, ha ha, look at where I am. You're not here. It doesn't have to be about that. It can be about making each other better. It doesn't have to be about me comparing myself to you. It can also be about, hey, I can just like feel awesome for you. I can congratulate you. If I as a human being look at every positive post as somebody that's trying to say, I'm here, you're not, I think it's important to take a hard look at ourselves and recognize if right now, if today, at this very moment, if right now that's what I think, then maybe I should just consider taking a break from social media and trying out something new. Whatever it is, people, exhaust every single available resource so we can continue to be awesome, badass people in recovery, so we can continue empowering other people, and hopefully this episode was in any way uh, a motivational. I think that I needed this for myself. So uh, thank you. 
thank you from the bottom of my heart for also taking time to listen to these episodes that sometimes I, I may, I may uh, edit this and think, Juan, you just babbled on for 10, 15 minutes, but damn it, we have to stop trying to be so damn perfect about every single thing that we do. And I'm also saying this to myself. And uh, I do want to give a heads, heads up that the next episode that we're going to be uh, covering here is going to be about psychiatric hospitalization. This whole process of uh, treatment, which can involve forced treatment and everything that it includes. It's going to be a very deep, uh, very profound episode between Anaconda and myself. So if you think that this podcast is a benefit to you or somebody else, please consider sharing uh, on social media, Twitter. Just get the word out. It's, it's the best way to support what we are doing. You can leave that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Facebook, you can hit me up with an email at juan at happytofell.com if, hey, maybe you have an organization and you would like me to say something, you know, engage with people. I love connecting. Like, that is why I do this podcast. I spent over a decade of my life connecting with nobody. So now, if I can connect with the world, especially now during a pandemic, that is a pretty awesome. So I'm thankful once again for your support, for your, for your companionship, for taking care of yourself, for not being afraid to have uncomfortable conversations with yourself. And as I mentioned, I can't sit here right now and commit and say that every episode is going to be available each and every single Monday. There may be a few times where it's going to be a bi-weekly format. And I do want to apologize for that because I know that sometimes people get accustomed to a, a specific format with a podcast. And when it changes, you kind of just, you know, get, get a little cold. And I've done that with other podcasts, but I want to be just perfectly real and transparent with everybody. So let's continue celebrating Recovery Month. Thank you once again to SamD for the incredible question. Thank you for being awesome. And I will talk to you on the next episode of Happy to Fail. Take care, everybody.